Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. For the next 60 minutes, the next hour, we're going to be talking sports and having fun doing it. I want your ideas, all your opinions, and all your beliefs. And of course, as always, you will get a heavy dose of my opinion. If you have an opinion, number to call 646 727 3070. That's 646 727 3070. You can listen to the show, blogtalkradio.com/slash Send messages to the show on Twitter at GoForItKidGOFO. R-I-T-G-A-N-T. Great show lined up for you today. Expected to be joined by R&B legend, R&B star, the one and the only Brian McKnight will be joining us. And Brian's going to talk about his new album, Better, in stores now. So make sure you find a way to get some new music New Brian McKnight music. So we're going to talk to Brian about that and also get his thoughts. Brian's a big NBA guy. Get his thoughts on Steph Curry and the amazing, amazing Steph Curry. Also, expect to be joined by former University of Minnesota wide receiver K.J. May. And K.J. is going to talk about his preparation for the upcoming NFL draft. NFL draft is right around the corner Combine was last week, and so, you know, this is draft season in the National Football League. This is free agency season in the National Football League. So that's coming up. All those things are coming up, and it should be a lot of fun as the draft approaches. Let's talk about what we saw last night in the National Basketball Association, a.k.a. the NBA. Steph Curry, Golden State Warriors, and, of course, I guess, what do you call it, a rivalry on some level? No, not a rivalry per se. But these two teams, anytime these two teams get together, the Warriors, the Thunder, it's, it's always action-packed. It's always a lot of fun. It always has me wishing and hoping and praying that these two teams will meet in a seven-game series in the NBA playoffs. I mean, because you look at these two teams, they're, they're both teams with a lot of firepower. They're both teams that, you know, can put the ball in the basket, both of these teams are big time. Golden State, obviously, the biggest of big time at 55 and 5, 26 and 0 at home, one game away from breaking the record for most consecutive home wins held by the Chicago Bulls. So they're close. They're close, and they probably will do it. But OKC, 42 and 20, big time basketball team. And when these two teams get together, they collide, they go at it, and it's a lot of fun. And you had OKC going into that fourth quarter with a three-game, uh, three-point lead. And of course, OKC, what they have been doing throughout the course of this season, they blew another four-point, another fourth-quarter lead. Ten blown fourth-quarter leads for OKC. And guess who they're tied with? The lowly Philadelphia 76. The lowly eight win. Philadelphia 76 is the lowly 8-53 Philadelphia 76ers. And I'm a Sixers fan. I love the Sixers. But you don't want to be in any type of company. You don't want to be in any You don't want to be near and close or even to be talked about 
anything close to the Philadelphia 76ers. It's just not a good look. It's just not a good situation. And you look at the Philadelphia 76ers right now, they're bad. And the OKC, they're bad at closing games. And Isaiah Thomas, I think, said it best. He said they're just not a smart basketball team. And, you know, they you know sometimes they play hero ball. They're not a smart basketball team. They don't execute. And execution is why, you know, you win close games. Teams that know how to execute down the stretch, getting good possessions down the stretch, those are the teams that win basketball games. And Golden, State, and, and Golden State obviously is winning a lot of basketball games, but OKC has won their share as well, 42. And if you hold five of those ten fourth-quarter leads, you're at 47 and 15. That's just half. So this, this is an OKC team that is trying to learn how to close. And, you know, you look at the OKC and, you know, their window – could be slowly closing because we don't know what is going to happen with Kevin Durant. We don't know what Kevin Durant's going to do. And so with all the uncertainty with KD, Kevin Durant, you know, OKC, it's almost like they're, they're, they almost have to accelerate this thing, right? They almost have to accelerate this thing. And here's the thing. I mean, at the end of the day, KD – Westbrook is a big-time deadly combination, and oh, by the way, a few years ago, if you look at the, if you look at what happened with OKC, they chose Ibaka essentially over James Harden, and so they could have had all three: Ibaka, Hart, I mean, you know, Harden, Westbrook, and Durant, and then injuries. You know, last season was was an injury situation. You know, the year before that, I mean, they, they just ran and run into injuries. They run into injuries, and injuries have been a killer. A couple of years ago when they went against San Antonio, you had a situation when Ibaka missed those first two games. He came back the next two, and, you know, OKC kind of took off. But San Antonio ultimately closed them out in six. So the point I'm trying to make is this team has been snake-bitten on some level, and at the same time, you look at the window, and the window is slowly, slowly closing, and the window will be shut closed if Kevin Durant decides to bolt in the offseason. And who knows, maybe Kevin Durant will go west to the Golden State Warriors, and oh, would that be even more scary. You're talking about probably the two best offensive forces in the National Basketball Association with Steph Curry and Kevin Durant. So, But you look at last night, Golden State, I mean, first of all, you saw a high level of basketball last night. You, you talk, you talked about a very high level of basketball you saw last night with two teams that put the ball in the basket. And, and you know, Steph Curry is Steph Curry. And, you know, we can – Oscar Robertson can say some things. Walt Clyde Frazier can say some things. But, my goodness, uh, we have never seen what we've seen in terms of three-point shooting in the history of this game. We haven't. We haven't. And the more you watch this Golden State Warrior team, the more you believe that they are going to get 72, 73. They're going to get 70 at least, probably 73. And then after that, in terms of getting 73, who knows what happens after that. And, and again, it doesn't mean anything if they don't win the ring. Don't mean anything if you don't win a championship. You don't win a title. You know that it's all, those things are all cute. Those things are all fun. Those things are all exciting. But that don't mean anything if they don't, at the end of the day, bring home the chip. And you got to bring home the chip. And if they can do that, if they can do that, and I think they can, you're talking about a you know great run. Of 67 wins last season, and now a possibility with 70 plus the season after that. I mean, that's a great stretch of basketball, and you know, a great stretch of basketball. And a team in the Golden State Warriors, if they do get that 70 plus, and also win a title, we 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 have to talk about them as being one of the greatest teams of all time. Record-wise, they would have it in terms of wins. You know, that we got to start talking about this team, and and this team. 
And Steph Curry. Steph Curry is, 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 you know, obviously he's better than he was last season. I said this last week. It's so interesting. You know, that, that everybody was questioning them in terms of, you know, who they beat and how they got to the NBA Finals. And, yes, the way they got there, you know, they, they were fortunate in terms of some of the teams they played and when they played them. Doesn't, I mean, it's not a knock against their championship, but that's, it is what it is. But at the end of the day, we questioned Steph Curry, the MVP, and many said Harden should have got it, and he's gotten better big time. He's better than he was last season. We questioned Golden State in terms of, you know, the, their, them as a team in, in terms of them and getting there and getting to the finals and the, how fortunate they were that they played the teams that they played. But guess what? Now, you know, instead of winning 67, now they're on pace to win 70-plus. So every time we talk about this team, every time they shut you up. They shut you up. So this team is big time. And we'll see what happens moving forward with the Golden State Warriors. But 73, they're probably going to get an NBA title. We'll see about that. San Antonio might have something to say about that. Cleveland might have something to say about that. And who knows, maybe even OKC. But we'll see. When we come back, we're going to be joined by former University of Minnesota wide receiver, KJ May. You're listening to Go For It on Block Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Go For It, Donald Faison. Your Knicks have the best chance out east, though. I will say that. The Knicks have the best chance in the Eastern Conference to beat the Miami Heat. And the Knicks have had some success against the Miami Heat in the regular season, but that just doesn't mean anything in the playoffs time. When the playoffs come, it doesn't mean anything. I was trying to throw you a bone, man. I was trying to get your, nah. your hopes up. Come on, man. I'm a realist, too, man. <laughs> Actor Robbie Jones. Well, we know that you know. We know that you can tempt married women. We've seen you. You, you have a pedigree. We see what you can do. We've seen it. I would never bring my wife around you. I just don't know what you're capable of. Come on now. Come on now. That's all. That's not Robbie. That's called butter. All right. Sounds good. Thank you so much. You're very, very good at your job. Thank you, sir. Make it fun. You really do. <laughs> and we're back. BlogTalkRadio.com slash Pete Paul Gann here. Go for it. Talking sports. Having fun doing it. We're going to bring in a guy now preparing for the upcoming NFL draft, which is right around the corner. This guy has a big pro day coming up on Monday out there in Minnesota, so he's got some things that he needs to do, and he's got some – uh, people that he needs to, you know, he's got to prove some things on Monday. Monday will be his opportunity to prove some things to GMs, coaches, scouts, executives around the National Football League. Let's bring him in now, former University of Minnesota wide receiver, K.J. May. K.J. Hey, what's going on, man? How are you? Hey, I'm doing pretty good. Let's get right down to it. I mean, you got your big pro day right. coming up on Monday. First and foremost, how do you approach this pro day? All right. Now it's been it's been a long process. Uh, I've been preparing. Uh, I was down in Nashville at D1 uh, training, combine training. Was down enough training for like six or seven weeks in between um, at the Senior Bowl. But uh, you know, it's just a it's just a long process, man. You you really want to just go out there, look smooth in all the drills, put up some good times. Uh, run a fast, run a good forty. Really, just and um, as far as I receive with the position, they run some good routes, catch every ball, be consistent. You know, just just put a good showing out there. You in the best shape of your life at this point? Oh yeah, I, I definitely am, man. Especially after uh, this training I've been through. Uh, you know, just losing body fat and uh, putting on muscle. You know, getting um every everything right. So you know, I definitely feel the best I've ever felt. How's this process been for you? I mean, every day, you know, you, you're, doing, you're probably doing a lot of working out. You, you're probably eating a little differently. You know, mm-hmm. talk about this process for you thus far. Yeah. So, uh, you know, down in, down in uh, Nashville, we had a we had a chef who, uh, you know, he made he made us our food, and uh, you know, we had a different diet that we were on, and uh, <clears throat> you know, it just it just changed a lot for me, especially. Uh, 
you know, especially with the health factor of it, with the eating, and um, you know, just learning a lot of health factors about about the training process, and uh, along with uh, you know, just some tips that will help with uh, help with getting these times down. But um, you know, as far as the recruiting process with the coaches and things, you know, I really know my agent, uh, Blake Barrett. Uh, you know, he he talks with um, he talks with all the NFL scouts, and you know, we've been hearing some good things, but. So no McDonald's for you right now? <laughs> no, nah, man, I haven't had McDonald's in a while. You know, I probably okay. with the with the new eating habits probably won't even have McDonald's anytime soon. Okay, all right. We're talking yeah. to former University of Minnesota wide receiver KJ May. Uh, pressure. I mean, obviously, you want to go out there and show out. You want to you know put on a good show for the for everybody out there at the pro day. Talk about the mindset. Talk about the pressure uh, of this whole situation. Yeah, well, you know, coming into it, you know, I really don't, I really don't look at it as pressure, you know, because you've been preparing and been doing all these drills and been doing all this stuff, you know, seven weeks now. So you know, it should be like clockwork. So you know, you, you should, it shouldn't be any pressure, especially for me coming into this. I don't really feel that much pressure. You know, it's just a thing. You know, you want to get out there, you want to prove yourself in front of these guys, and you want to show them. You know, I didn't get it. Combine invite, just show them, show them what they really been missing out on, and uh, you know, just show these guys that you know I'm able candidate to be playing in the NFL. Now, KJ, obviously, like we said, you want to put on a show, you, you want to, you want, you want to show out, you want to do what you got to do. Let me ask you this: before you even got to this point, man, you had a long road. You you, also, you graduated from Alternative High School. You had some injury setbacks along the way. How did those things shape you as a man? Right. Well, now growing up, growing up in uh, Mobile, Alabama, you know, definitely, uh, you know, we've we seen some hard times and seen some, you know, seen a lot of a lot of things. And you know, coming in, coming into it, when I when I come into certain moments where you know I it's like pressure, it's, you know, it's hard times. I can always look back to those times growing up. Um, you know, I had two brothers. You know, we me and my younger brother we shared a room growing up in um in a, in a three bedroom house. So you know things like that, you know stuff I can I can always pull back on to you know bring me back to reality to to look at you know it's not it's not that tough or it's not that bad of a situation you know because you've been through worse. So you know just 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 those aspects you know just growing growing up like that and just those little things like that you know I can always pull back on you know kind of bring me back to reality uh, if I ever feel like something's too much for me. <clears throat> Now the comparison that that I, I'm seeing out there is is that of Cole Beasley. Ultimately, do you see yourself playing in the slot on the next level? Oh uh, yeah, yeah, that's what I've been hearing from a lot from a lot of teams. You know, just really based on on the needs of a team. You know, a lot of teams they they use the slot guys, and you know, they they some people lack that quickness and you know lack that that uh, separation and physicalness. Uh, so you know, just. Just being able to be prepared to those guys, I'm shot players, man. I really see myself as a as a guy like Cole Beasley or a guy like uh, uh, Amendola or uh, Randall Cobb or you know those 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 type of guys who who can who who can play inside and outside. So you know, based on team needs, you know that's really where I'll be at. We're talking to former University of Minnesota wide receiver KJ May and, and, and KJ. You know, before you you had this moment, you ultimately played at the Senior Bowl in Mobile, Alabama. You're an Alabama right. guy, a Mobile guy. What was that like, man, playing in the Senior Bowl? All right. Oh, and now this is like a dream come true, really, because, uh, you know, man, growing up, uh, my high school was like five minutes away from, from Lad People Stadium where the Senior Bowls played at. And uh, we used to always leave school, right out of school, over me and my friends, hop in the car, drive right up. Watch senior bowl practice. So this is this is years years before I even had this opportunity to play. So you know, just going up, going up, being a being a guy that was out there watching those guys and, and uh, participating at the games. You know, it was it was it was crazy to be able to come back in my hometown and play in front of my family, my friends, you know, everyone who was supporting me from day one. And um, you know, it was really it was really a good experience to be able to be down there as well, um, in front of all the scouts participating out there and uh, competing against some of the best. Let's go back to your pro day now, coming up on Monday. Is there a specific 40 time that you're shooting for? 
Uh, yeah, I'll just shoot for a four four. Uh, you know, any anywhere in the four four range. That's really what really what I'm shooting for. It'd be a good time for me. Okay, and, and like we said, you grew up in Mobile, Alabama. Did you have a favorite NFL team growing up, or were you, you know, big University of Alabama guy? What was it for you? Well, growing up, uh, I was I was an Alabama guy. I was I was I was torn between the two of Alabama and Auburn because, um, you know, I was I was always that that guy. I went I wouldn't say a bandwagon, but I just liked players that was on the team, individual players. I really didn't just have a favorite team. My mind set on the team. So you know, some years I was a I was an Alabama fan. Cam Newton era, I was I, I liked Auburn, but you know I okay. still had those times where you know it, it was it was I was torn between the two of those two teams. So you were a little wishy washy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can call it what you want, man. <laughs> okay. This season, you know, you you had a big time season for Minnesota: seventy three catches, seven hundred seventy three yards, five touchdowns. You know, big time numbers for you. What was the difference this year for you uh, coming into the season, and, and why'd you put up the big time numbers? Well, uh, the difference between this year and, and the previous years, uh, you know, we, we really became more more pass more pass happy a little bit in, in offense. And uh, going into this season, me and the quarterback, me and Mitch Leitner, uh we sat down, we had meetings and stuff. You know, we sat down with the coaches and we want we told them what we wanted to do. And um, you know, I kind of stressed that I wanted to be um, wanted to be a valuable part of the offense. I wanted to be more involved with the offense. And uh, you know, those guys they trusted my word, and uh, you know, they trusted that I they trusted the work that I was going to put in. And uh, you know, I came back out and got that opportunity. And uh, you know, we kind of rolled from there, from um, spring ball on, really, from spring ball to to the season. So you know, it was pretty. It was a pretty. It was a pretty good, uh, neat experience to be able to. Uh, you know, go out there, kind of, kind of put some requests in with the coaches, and you know, just put that work in and write some goals down that I wanted to achieve this season, and uh, you know, just go out there and do it. Now, have, have you talked to any NFL teams at this point? Uh, yeah, my agent. Yeah, he said he talked to uh, talked to a couple teams. Okay, have have you personally? Uh, no, no, not not right now. Usually, usually they get in contact uh, personally after the pro day. Okay. All right, all right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, obviously we got the pro day on Monday. So, right. so after the pro day, what's next for you? Uh, well, after the pro day, uh, I have some visits, some visits set up uh, okay. with a few teams around. I think it'd be some, some individual workouts. So, uh, they, right. you know, that's pretty much where I'll be headed to going into the draft, just kind of knocking that stuff out. End of the day. Why should any team give KJ May an opportunity? Well, at, at the end of the day, you know, you, no matter no matter what no matter what happens, you know, you got the measurables, you got those things, uh, you know, height, weight, uh, forty time, you know, that that type of stuff. But you know, my 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 biggest thing, and I feel like my biggest strength is that I have a high football like you. Um, I have a high motor, work hard every day, and uh, I'm a consistent player. I know how to. Know how to catch the ball. Know how to catch the ball consistently. Um, get separation. Uh, run routes against zone man. You know those type of things. So when it comes down to it, at the end of the day, you know you turn the film on. You know, you see that type of player and you see those characteristics, and um, you know you know what you're getting. Now, in, in terms of where you might go, and I know we're we're very early in this process. Have you heard anything, any way, or where you might go in terms of round, any of that stuff? Uh, yeah. So um, after talking, you know, talking with my agent, he told me that um, you know, a lot of teams they have me with the with a draftable grade. Uh, so you know, that's pretty much all that they tell you at this point is that if it's draftable or not draftable. So, um, you know, that's pretty much what they have at this point. They don't really have the rounds and stuff like that because of the draft process, you know, it's such a crazy right. process, you know, you never know what's gonna happen. Do you avoid watching or looking at any mock drafts at all? Yeah, yeah, no, I have, I don't pay too much attention to that type of stuff, man, you know, because okay. nine times out of ten, it never ends up like that stuff for probably the first couple picks. That's probably the only thing that you can – kind of predetermined going into that. But, you know, after that, you know, you really don't know. It comes down to team needs. 
For sure, for sure. So fans, make sure you support this man's journey. Hit him up on Twitter at KJ May underscore four and support all the great things going on with KJ right. May as he journeys on, hopefully to the National Football League. KJ, pleasure talking to you, man. Nothing but the best of luck. Let's do it again. Thank you. Thank you for having me, man. Appreciate it. Take care. All right. You too, man. Wide receiver, former University of Minnesota wide receiver, K.J. May, as he prepares for the upcoming NFL draft, which is right around the corner. Free agency in the National Football League is right around the corner. You know, you got the legal tampering coming up on Monday. So, you know, it's going to get fun. It's going to get hot and heavy. You're going to hear a lot. It's going to go fast. It's going to, and it usually goes fast. You know, you you have you got that big, big sprint in the beginning, and then it just dies down. But it's fun those first few days. I mean, it's 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 a, it's a ball, it's a blast. And you look you look at the National Football League, and they always find a way to keep themselves somehow, some way in the headlines. Somehow, some way, have people talking about them, whether it's a draft, whether it's free agency. I mean, their season just ended. You got the combine. I mean, and the NFL keeps you talking about them. They keep those three letters coming out your mouth somehow, some way. Even after there is no more football, they somehow, some way got you talking about the NFL, and it got those three letters coming out your mouth. And we look around now. Peyton Manning. No reports are. Peyton Manning, and, you know, he, he was had a speech yesterday, uh, gave a speech in Florida, and, and, you know, this guy's talking about, you know, uh, he says, my quote, my vision is to compete against the very best at the highest level. And, and I'm thinking to myself, Peyton, you didn't play at a very high level this year. You played at a very low level this year. You were carried, my friend. And at, at the end of the day, you know the Denver Broncos don't want Peyton Manning. And they don't want to pay the $19 million, obviously. And it's not even about the $19 million. I mean, if the salary was lower, I don't think they would want to pay him. I think they would obviously have Brock Osweiler as their coach, as their wide receiver. Not their wide receiver, their quarterback. I mean, the reality is, you know, as great as Peyton Manning has been, he as great as he's been throughout the course of this year, his career, he was equally bad this season and in the playoffs. In the Super Bowl, he was bad. He was just along for the ride. And are you a team willing to give that a shot again? I know he could say, you know what, I was banged up a little bit. The the plantar fasciitis. You know, I, I was I was I was banged up throughout the course of this season. That's why my play tailed off. That's my my play was awful this season. Is there anybody any team willing to give a forty year old Peyton Manning an opportunity? I'm just looking around the league. The Cleveland Browns, would they be interested? Maybe. The Texans, uh, they would be seemingly in the market for a quarterback. Um, you, you continue to look around and you say, I don't see any more in the AFC. Look in the NFC. Um, Philly, Washington, Giants, Dallas, they're good. Minnesota, Green Bay, Detroit, if you're Chicago, I don't know. You know, whatever you want to do with Jay Cutler. If you're looking at the NFC South, I think those four quarterbacks are better than Peyton Manning, Ryan, Breeze, obviously Cam Newton, and, and James Winston. And look out west, in the NFC West, St. Louis could be a team that might have a level of interest in Peyton Manning because their quarterback situation is very, very fluid, very, very uncertain, and not very good based off the performance of Nick Foles this past season. So could St. Louis possibly be in the market for Peyton Manning? And obviously I don't think Peyton Manning is going anywhere to be anybody's backup. I don't think he's going anywhere to be anybody's backup at this point in time. But I also think, you know, what what does he have left? And whatever he has left is he's just better off taking it with him and just riding off into the sunset. You know, you, you came back from that neck injury, which is big time. You came back and put up big time numbers for a period of time. But, I, again, Father Time 
wins all the time. And you're 40, you're going to be 40 years old, man. This is a young man's game. This is a young man's game. And, and, and you know, sometimes we're always the last to know the, some, some things in life. You know, everybody, you could be in a town, everybody knows that, you know, that person's old man is running around on him. Uh, you know, everybody in town knows except for the woman. Everybody in town knows. Even when it comes to hairlines and you know, whether, you know, it's time to shave your hair off. Everybody in the area, in the hood, and not hood, everybody, everybody knows that it's time for you to shave your hair. I, I was the last to know it was time to shave my hair. It was a denial. And so, and when it comes to, you know, football, and when it comes to, you know, playing football, everybody wants to hold on to that for as long as they can. They want to hold on to that forever. But at the end of the day, forever can't be forever. Because forever has got to end at some point in time. It's got to end at some point in time. And so I'm hoping that Peyton Manning is done. I'm hoping that Peyton Manning doesn't move forward and continue to play on. I don't see the benefit of Peyton Manning playing going. I don't see... How Peyton Manning, what, what are the benefits? I mean, you, you made a boatload of money. You know, you, you, you walk away seemingly with your health intact. You walk away, you're, 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 you, you, you survived a, a serious neck injury. You're good after that. And so I don't know what else you hope to accomplish. You want a Super Bowl. You were along for the ride and won a Super Bowl. What else do you need to do? What else does Peyton Manning need to do? What else does he need to prove in football? Nothing. He needs to prove absolutely nothing. He's proven all that he's needed to prove, and he's he's done all that he's needed to do. And I don't really know what else what more he thinks he can do or plan on doing. I guess he plans on trying to win another championship, but there's no way the Denver Broncos are going to bring him back. No way. But we'll see what happens. And, you know, Sam Bradford, a guy who has found a way to get paid over and over and over again. And you know what? In sports, we don't necessarily get paid for what we have done. We get paid off what we think we might, what people think you might do. You might you usually get paid off of what you think, what you what people think you might be able to do. And Sam Bradford has been has done that throughout the course of his career. He's he's getting paid off what we believe he could possibly be. But each and every time we think he could possibly be what we want him to be, it never be. It never becomes anything. It just uh, it, it's not happening. A guy that's made, a, you know, $78 million to this point, and with this new contract, $26 million in guarantees, he ultimately could walk away with, wow, with almost a hundred plus million dollars, and you look at his record, he's sub five hundred twenty five and thirty seven and one as a starting quarterback in the National Football League. He's getting paid off of potential. The potential of this, that, and what have you. It's probably been to his benefit that he has been hurt as much as he's been, because all of the times he's getting hurt, it gives you the you, you're just thinking, okay, just maybe. Maybe he can come on back, and when he does come back, he'll finally get it right. He'll finally get it together. He'll finally be the guy that we drafted him to be with the number one pick in the NFL. When when you're the number one pick in the National Football League, and he also was picked at the time when rookie contracts were were crazy and guys essentially were getting paid on potential and guys were getting paid really good, on potential, and Sam Bradford got paid really good 
on potential, but you look at each and every time, you know, the, the, the ACL tears, the injuries have kept him and kept us saying, what if, what if, what if, what if, what if. If he was a lower-rounded draft pick, would he still be getting the type of chances and the type of money that he's got? I mean, in Philadelphia, he started out slow. He ended decent. But it wasn't great. It was decent. It wasn't great. It was decent. I mean, we look. everybody refers to the final seven games. Dallas. 295 yards, a touchdown, no interceptions. Uh, Miami, 236, one touchdown, no interceptions. New England, a win, two touchdowns, 120 yards. I mean, as I'm looking at these numbers, I'm not like, these numbers aren't eye-popping. So we look at the final seven, which everybody referenced. They referenced the final seven games, one, two, four, five, seven, eight, ten touchdowns four interceptions over those final seven games, which isn't bad, which isn't bad. But in terms of wins and losses, you're three and three. When you when you play teams, you know, you lost a game to the Dolphins that you shouldn't have lost. You beat a team in New England, which you shouldn't have won because you got very, very lucky. You got defensive touchdowns. You got special teams touchdowns. I mean, you got all different types of things that, you know, fortuitous bounce here, fortuitous bounce there. You know, all this fortuitous and you found a way to get that victory. But as you look at it, you look at Sam Bradford, I mean, the, the, you know, it goes up against Arizona. While he gets 361 yards, some of that in garbage time, he did throw two interceptions. So Sam Bradford, while better, wasn't great the final seven. I mean, if you look at the first eight, two, six, eight, nine, so two, Four, six, eight, nine, ten. So after the first eight weeks, ten touchdowns to two, four, six, nine, ten, eleven interceptions. So it, it wasn't good. It was not good for Sam Bradford early on, but he finished strong. But I mean, wow, what a country that we live in! And it's amazing how some guys find a way to get paid over and over again. We're doing absolutely positively nothing. What a country we live in. And, hey, uh, kudos to Sam, Sam Bradford to continue to have people cut the check. He's found ways to cut the check. He's found ways to make people cut the check. He hasn't found a way to stay healthy throughout the course of his career. Really hasn't found a way to be very successful throughout the course of his career. But he's found a way to get that check cut each and every time. And he's getting his check cut one more again, one more time. And so, it's a great time for Sam Bradford. And quite frankly, if I look at it from the Philadelphia Eagles standpoint, I, I mean, as an Eagles fan, I want, I didn't want Bradford back. I wanted to move on, possibly draft a young guy, take a chance with Sanchez or somebody, and just move forward. I was willing to do something like that. But at the same time, I look at it, and I believe Sam Bradford probably is the best option, is the best alternative, gives you the best opportunity to win, it's the best quarterback available for you. So with that being said, it's not awful, it's not awful. And, you know, maybe it works out for him. He's 28 years old. And, again, he had decent success the last seven games of the season. So maybe he could parlay that into, if he can stay healthy, he could parlay that into a, a good another good year. Some uh, to fill it off here for another year. So he has a level of stability, even though there is a coaching change. So that kind of messes that up a little bit. But he has an opportunity. And maybe it works out, maybe it doesn't, but it's a two-year deal. And Philadelphia has an opportunity, if they can, to develop somebody and get somebody in there where they can feel like moving forward, okay, if I find this guy, you know, this could be a situation where I'm bridging the gap until I get that guy. And if you're Doug Peterson, I don't blame Doug Peterson. When you're Doug Peterson, you're probably happy with this because, you know what, you have an opportunity to win right away. You don't have the opportunity. You're not going to lose because, you know, this is a fickle game. This is a fickle business. You know, you, you go out there and you think to join up, people might be done with you quick and real quick. Real quick. So, we'll see what happens. O.J. Simpson. O.J. Simpson. Los Angeles police announced that the knife was allegedly found on Simpson's former estate in Brentwood. Apparently, there's a knife. There is a knife. 
I don't really know how this affects, you know, everything in terms of double jeopardy. And I don't know how it affects in terms of DNA after that such a long time. Who knows? Can't be tried again more than likely. It's kind of ironic with the with the miniseries out now that they're found this whatever. I don't know. You know, O.J. Simpson, whether he did it, didn't do it, he got off. It's a done deal as far as I'm concerned. Did he do it? I don't know. I wasn't there. It's an unfortunate situation. Obviously, two people lost their lives. And you can argue if O.J. did it, well, he's paying for it now because he's in jail for something he probably doesn't belong in jail for, trying to get his stuff back, his memorabilia. So I don't know. Who knows? But it's obviously an interesting story. It's kind of ironic with the show out now, the miniseries out on Fox, FX, I should say, that this finds a way to pop up. We'll see how this whole situation plays out with O.J. Simpson. The juice. We'll see how everything flies up. I mean, right now he's in jail. And so, you know, that's a long time ago. What, 22 years? Wow. 22 years ago. That's a long time, man. 18 years old when front when that first happened. 40 today, 18 years old at the time. Whoa. Crazy. So now, we're going to bring in now a guy, big-time singer, sold a whole bunch of albums, known worldwide, big-time. He's got a new album out, Better. We'll see if, in fact, Brian McKnight is better. Can't get better than what he's done throughout the course of his illustrious career. But let's bring him in now. Blog Talk Radio. We're going to bring him in now in a moment. Let me. We'll we'll, we'll bring that. We'll we'll get that whole situation straightened out. You're listening to Go For No Block Talk Radio. When we come back, we're going to be joined by R&B star Brian McKnight. Hello and welcome to Go For It, Donald Faison. Your Knicks have the best chance out east, though. I will say that. The Knicks have the best chance in the Eastern Conference to beat the Miami Heat. And the Knicks have had some success against the Miami Heat in the regular season, but... That doesn't mean anything in the playoffs, Tom. When the playoffs come, it doesn't mean anything. I was, trying to throw uh, you know you, I was trying to throw you a bone, man. I was trying to get your, nah. your hopes up. Come on, man. I'm a realist, <laughs> too, man. <laughs> Actor Robbie Jones. Well, we know that, you know, we know that you can tempt married women. We've seen you, you, you have a pedigree. We see what you can do. We've seen it. I would never bring my wife around, too. I just yeah, don't know man. what you're Come capable of. Come on now. Come on now. That's early. <laughs> That's not Rocky. <laughs> That's called butter. All right. Sounds good. Thank you so much. You're Thanks. very, very good at your job. Thank you, sir. Make it fun. You really do. <laughs> so- Talkradio.com. Paul Gant talking sports, having fun doing it. And we're going to get Brian McKnight on in a moment. But before we get there, let's look around the world of sports. Let's look some more around. Um, we had a, had a situation in the NFL now. Terrell Suggs, T-Sizzle, he got arrested. One car accident out there driving uh, with a suspended license, also suspicion of leaving the scene of an accident. And again, I mean, hopefully, you know, this works out for T Sizzle, and ultimately he was not impaired. So, you know, hopefully this works out with with him. You know, 
driving with a suspended license is not a good look. I mean, I don't know how, you know, you don't know your license is suspended. I don't know how you don't know that. But anyway, T-Sizzle didn't know it. And now T-Sizzle, you know, has gotten himself into a little trouble. Maybe not much. But we look at Marvin Harrison now. Marvin Harrison has some interesting things to say about T.O., him and T.O. going back and forth a little bit in terms of the Hall of Fame. And, you know, Marvin Harrison, I mean, he's been a guy who's been pretty quiet throughout the course of his career. He hasn't really said much throughout the course of his career. You know, there's not much at all. But Marvin Harrison came out, and, you know, he was a little pissed. He said, quote, the person who's supposed to get in got in, and that was me. If he didn't get in, that's his problem. He could talk all the bull bleep like he's been doing. That's on him. But I'm in. My jacket is gold. I will look in the rear view for nobody. So he can get his blank in whenever he gets in, if he gets in. And if he doesn't get in, too bad. The hell with him. Those were the words of Marvin Harrison. T.O. came back. Shots fired. And we all know what that is in relation to Marvin Harrison. Marvin Harrison has some interesting things going on with him in the city of Philadelphia. And we all know very suspicious dealings with Marvin Harrison. And who knows what what, what transpired there. Looks suspect for Marvin. But, you know, it does look suspect. But anyway, you know, T.O. and Marvin Harrison going back and forth beefing. You know, at the end of the day, T.O. belongs in the Hall of Fame. At the end of the day, Marvin Harrison, I think, also is a Hall of Famer. You know, T.O. probably should have been the first ballot Hall of Famer, but, you know, it's politics, it's political, it's the media. A lot of people don't like T.O. when it comes to the territory. You can't say, I love me some me. You can't be outspoken. You can't be this, that, and what have you and not expect any level of backlash comes with the territory. And that's what happened with T.O. And Marvin Harrison, I mean, you know, it is what it is. But Marvin Harrison is a Hall of Famer. T.O.'s a Hall of Famer. But this first ballot BS, who knows? Who cares? At the end of the day, if you get in, you get in. And that's the bottom line. You're a Hall of Famer, you're a Hall of Famer. Whether it's first, second, last, fifth, tenth, twentieth, Hall of Famer is a Hall of Famer. We got Brian McKnight now. We're going to bring him in. Let's bring him in now. R&B legend, R&B star, the one, the only, Brian McKnight. Brian, how are you? I'm good, really good. And let's get right down to it. You got the new single out, Better, off the album, Better. I got to say, man, you've done it again. Word on the street is this <laughs> song is dedicated to the love of your life. Tell us about it. Uh, you know what? I, I didn't think this kind of love existed, which is crazy because I've been writing love songs my whole life. I always thought this was the thing of fairy tales, but... Uh, I got it, and it gives hope for all those people out there who may have been thinking the way that I was, that after all the dirt I did and the people I've done wrong, that I can have this now is a pretty amazing thing. So you almost viewed this as a second chance? Uh, or eighth chance, ninth chance, however many chances it is, it's the last chance. It's the last one I'll ever need. <laughs> for sure. And, and, you know, and talking about the album, I listened to the first single as well, Uh-Oh, and... You know, I like that as well. I mean, is that dedicated to your love of your life as well? Well, the entire record is about our relationship over the last two and a half okay. years. And each song, I mean, obviously, uh oh, feeling is about what it feels like when we're having those uh oh feelings. And then better is more of uh, the actual being in love part. So each one of these okay. songs in this album is a different aspect of our relationship. And a different time during this last, you know, two years of our lives. So do you feel like this relationship has made you uh, pretty much a better man? It's made me a better everything. I mean, I'm in the, okay. uh, as far as being in shape and, and looking at my life, my business, everything just seems to be lining up perfectly right at the same time as I've gotten my personal life together, my professional life, every aspect of my life is really as good or better than I could have hoped for it to be at this time. We're talking to R&B star Brian McKnight. He's got a big album out there, Better. Make sure you go check it out. Let me ask you this now, your 13th studio album. You've had a lot of albums, man, but you said you went back to the basics with this album. Talk about that. Well, I didn't want to make another computer-driven record. 
I wanted to get back to the kind of records that I made in the beginning. So my band and I went back in the studio and we cut 14 songs in three days the way we used to back in the day. And I think this record, when you listen to it, it sounds fresh and new. Like we, you know, like we've been doing this this way forever because that's the background that we come from. And um, it just really made reminded me of what it's like to actually produce a record, not just you know put together a drum machine and, and and Pro Tools and and Logic and just kind of go for it. We actually happen. The most musical and most musically complete record I've ever made. I, I want to ask you this now. You've done 13 albums. This is your 13th studio album. You made a lot of great music. But does Brian McKnight have a favorite Brian McKnight song? No, I don't have a favorite song. I I look back at my body of work because I wrote all the songs. It's hard to believe that all this music came from the same guy that, you know, had no idea that this was going to be the career I would have. Um, it's hard for me to pick one song. I let it, I, I write them and I let the fans decide what their favorite are. It's interesting to see some of the choices that they make. For sure. We're talking to R&B star Brian McKnight. How many albums you got left, man? Oh, as many as they want me to make. You know, every night when I'm on the stage and I have fans, I'm like, you know, as long as you want me to do this, I'll continue to do it. And they haven't really stopped yet, so I'm going to keep going. And, and, and singing, is it something that you ever really retire from? I mean, touring and things of that nature. Is it something you ever really retire from? I suppose so. I mean, there's a number in my head. If I hit this number, I, I may only okay. play golf for the rest of my life. But we'll see. <laughs> You're not going to tell us this number, are you? No, I'm not going to tell you the uh, now, now, Brian, you, obviously, you know, you you feel like you're a better man and, and you're in better shape. You're in big-time shape. I know you're a big-time basketball guy. Are, are you playing more basketball these days? Yeah, this is my last year of playing in the programs out here in L.A. Um, so I got okay. into this kind of shape because I wanted to compete at a very high level as well. I wanted to actually make a difference, not just sit out on a three-point line and shoot threes. So, I've been a lot more active. I've been, you know, in the gym with my guys. Unfortunately, my best shooter broke his arm yesterday on a fluke play, okay. so now I'm having to replace him. But, um, yeah, this is, yeah, I still get out there and I do it, man. It's it's hard to it's hard to let go. Ask Peyton Manning right about now. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. I mean, I, and I totally agree with you when it comes to basketball. I love playing basketball. And like you said, it is hard to let go, but, I almost feel like, you know, I'm in my 40s too now, so I feel like I'm testing fate every time I go out there. Well, I think you also have to know what you can do and what you can't do as well. Right. I mean, after I ruptured my Achilles four years ago, um, I have to stretch before and after I play. I have to, you know, I have to think differently. I can't just walk out on the, you know, on the court and just start playing. You know, you got to take right. care of yourself. And that's that's the other side of this better idea. You know, you have to do your best to be at your best at all times. We're talking to R&B star Brian McKnight. Let, let me ask you this. Steph Curry, you know, he's doing crazy things from three-point land. I think he's the greatest off-the-dribble three-point shooter of all time and probably the greatest shooter of all time. Do you agree? I do agree. I think it's even bigger than that. I think um, – if we only call him a shooter or an off-the-dribble shooter, I think we're doing him a grave injustice. What he does off the screens, what he does... Because if you play up on him, he's going to go by you. And then he, just, he goes in the seven-foot territory. He can do a floater over you. He can he can lay it up past you. He can see where his other teammates are without having to look at them and get them the ball in a position to score or to make another play. So he's got eyes in the back of his head. I think he's probably right now one of the top six or seven greatest players you've ever played. Of all time. Period. Of all time. Yep. Okay. All right. All right. So you don't <laughs> feel like he has to do it maybe a couple more years in order to get that type of distinction? Uh, I'm not sure. I only say that because we're seeing him do things that have never been done before. That if, he, if we could say, well, he kind of reminds us of this guy. Or he kind of reminds us of that guy. Then I say, okay, right. you need to do it more. And obviously, to go up in that, okay, maybe not six or seven. He's definitely in my top ten. Okay. Mm. Here. Yeah. So it, it, and then it, the impact, it, it, impact it, it, on the game, that's what I forgot. Impact on okay. the game. 
Okay. Is he the, the best player in the NBA right now, better than LeBron James? I only say no because he can't guard every position on the floor. I think he's the okay. best offensive player on the floor right now, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, and it's kind of it's uh, you got Kevin Durant out there as well, but I mean it's kind of hard to disagree with uh, with Steph Curry and what he's doing right now. Do they get seventy three wins? You think? Healthy, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. I think the hard part about wins and losses is that you have to beat the team, and at least half of the, the teams that you can go fifty fifty with, and they're okay. doing both of those. So it's very difficult to argue with the idea that if they stay healthy, that they won't do it. Now, you know, winning 73 is great, but at the end of the day, it doesn't mean a thing if they don't get the ring. So do you feel like Golden State is going to repeat and win the NBA title this year? Absolutely. (laughs) Yes, indeed. And if they do it this year again and they keep everybody, they'll do it again next year, too. Okay, so you don't think San Antonio, with what they have, you know, they're fifty and nine. Cleveland and LeBron and what they Look, have, you don't think any of those all teams? these guys? I know them all; they're all great. But in order to beat San Antonio, you have to have an inside presence to throw the ball down to that can get you buckets and/or a great shot for somebody else. And the teams you're talking about, unless LeBron does it himself, which we have yet to see, which if he does that, we'll have a different conversation. Um, San Antonio okay. doesn't have that player. They don't have that guy. So if you're going to try to match up with them on the perimeter, you just don't have the players to do it. You don't. All right. So, all right. It's going to be. I know this. It's going to be fun. And, and you know, I would love for Golden State and OKC to get it on again in a seven-game series in the playoffs. They play some exciting games. Did you catch that game on Saturday night? And I think that the the problem with Golden State is is that they can beat you with your A game, with their C game. Right. That's the, that's the difference. And that's the same thing Chicago used to do. The, the way Chicago did it was, if we have a bad night and we score 73, you're only going to get 72. Golden State just does it differently. For sure. We're talking to R&B star Brian McKnight. Brian, end of the day, why should fans go out and buy this new album better? Well, if you love music and you love great songs and you love a great singer, not to toot my own horn, and this is the record that you should want to get. And if you have somebody that you're trying to like you or you have somebody that already likes you, then this is the music you need to play to make sure they continue to like you. <laughs> okay, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to buy this album. I'm going to just let this CD play all day, and hopefully my wife will continue to love me even more. <laughs> there you go. I guarantee it. All right. Guarantee. Guarantee. Okay, all right. So, fans, make sure you go to his website, McKnight360.com. Make sure you go hit him up on Twitter, at It's B. McKnight. Also on Facebook, at Brian McKnight. And make sure you go to his website, McKnight360.com. You can see some of the tour dates. He is on tour. He might be coming near you. So make sure you check this man out, the great Brian McKnight. The album is better. Check it out. Go to Amazon. Go to iTunes. Go to Walmart. Go somewhere and get this album and support all the great things going on with Brian McKnight. Brian, pleasure, man. Nothing but the best of luck. Let's do it again. Thank you so much. I appreciate Take it. Care. Have a good one. Brian McKnight. Brian McKnight, R&B star, R&B legend. Pe- pleasure talking to Brian McKnight. I thought he was, I thought he was a little with, with Steph Curry in top ten of all time. Might be a little too soon. But, I mean, at the end of the day, if he continues to play at this pace, continue to do the things that he's doing and continue to, to shoot the way he's shooting and score the way he's scoring and Golden State continues to win the way they're winning, yeah, maybe we can have an argument. But let's, 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 let's hold that. Let's table that discussion until maybe, possibly, I mean, about two or three years we can talk about that, again, in terms of top ten. I want to thank Brian McKnight. Make sure you get his album better iTunes, Amazon, Walmart, somewhere, somehow, get his album better. Also, I want to thank KJ May for joining us and support his journey as he tries to get to the National, the National Football League. I want to thank everybody for listening. Make sure you listen to this show, other great shows, blogtalkradio.com slash pcant. 
where you can listen to this show and other great shows. Also, hit us up on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash go for Gant. Hit us up on Twitter, at go for Gant, and support all the great things going on with the hit podcast. Go for it. For everybody here, go for it. We hope you have yourself a great weekend. See you later. Take care. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.